Our scripture passage today comes from the book of Proverbs. And you might want to turn, actually I would encourage you to turn to this uh, in one of the Bibles in the pews. Incidentally, if you do not have a Bible at home, uh, we would like you to take one of these as our gift to you. If you'd open to the front cover, the front cover, you'll actually see a little sticker saying that it's a gift to you. But one, one we're, we're going to be looking at the last chapter of the book of Proverbs today, verses 10 through um, 30 of chapter 31. And you can find that on page 660. <clears throat> right now, I want to just give you one of those verses. Verse 30. Charm is deceptive, and beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading and hearing of his holy word. Let's pray. Speak to us, Lord, through your, your holy word. May the witness to your word here be faithful. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. <clears throat> well, we're in the series called Generational Blessings. And in that Generational Blessings, last week we talked about grandparents and great-grandparents and what uh, impact they could have in a positive way instead of a negative way. We don't want to be generational curses. We want to be generational blessings. Now, if you look on the front cover of the bulletin today, you'll see a picture of three sets of hands there, one uh, representing the three different uh, generations. But underneath that, you'll see a scripture passage that is sort of our memory verse for this month. And I'd like us to say it together. It's the Psalm 145, verse 4. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your right, mighty acts. This is talking about God, that, that uh, we are to share these, these uh, uh, great works of God and, and, our, and, our, uh, and share our faith. And even though today is Mother's Day, we want to expand that focus to, to include all those women of faith who are generational blessings to their families and others. I think of, you know, I think of my own mom, and I, I'm sure many of you are thinking of your mom. I'm thinking of my wife. You know, my wife is such a joy to live with. Ah, she, uh, uh, aha, yeah, uh, since her name is joy. But uh, uh, I, I do, I, you know, guys, I want to give you a hint here. Uh, I just want to help you out. Um, if your wife reminds you that it's Mother's Day and she expects to be treated nice and maybe go out to dinner or, or whatever, don't say, you're not my mother. Don't, don't, don't do that. Doesn't work well, just, just say it, okay? Um, a little wisdom there. But I also want to tell you about... Uh, some of the other women in my life, there was, a, there was a high school teacher. She just, she was so sophisticated, and she worked with the juniors and seniors. And she just intimidated my socks off. Her name was Helen Butler. And, you know, she lived in one of the nicest uh, homes in town. It had, had, like, large pillars, and, and she just, she talked with uh, uh, such a sophistication that they were, oh, they're kind of scared of her. But all of these upperclassmen, they would talk about lovingly about Helen Butler. And then I had an opportunity as I got older to interact with her more. And I'll never forget it. She made she she stated a question to me 
directed it at me. That told me that there was more in me than I even knew. She, in many ways, changed my life just in a simple statement. Someone that I expected, uh, uh, respected, a woman of faith, who was willing to care enough about me to put something in me that I haven't forgotten all these years. And that was way back in high school. I think of a lady from uh, Geneseo, Illinois. Her name was Cora Alice Santee. Did, any, did anybody ever, did any of you ever have the opportunity to meet Cora Alice? Cora Alice uh, has gone to her heavenly reward, but uh, she never married, but she just adopted everybody. She loved everybody. She loved music. Um, she was an operatic singer. Sang, practiced, and, and even uh, was working with a trainer in her, into her 80s. She had such a beautiful trained voice that it, it lasted uh, well into her 80s. And every Christmas Eve, Cora Alice would get up and sing O Holy Night. And, uh, you know, it just wasn't Christmas until that woman of faith got up and sang that song. Everybody loved Alice because she was so she was so encouraging to everyone and so friendly to everyone. I, I think of my sister Elaine. Now most of the time you hear about Elaine it usually is because I'm making fun of her and I give her a hard time. That is the job of the younger brother is to give the older sister a hard time. You need to understand that. I do that quite well. Thank you. But I have observed my sister throughout the years when life has knocked her down and sorrow has been so great, how she has risen to the occasion to be this incredible woman of faith that has made an impact on my life as well. Now, those are some of my, you, you have women of faith that have surrounded you that if you just open your eyes and you can see them, you can see how precious they are. Well, what makes a woman of faith? Well, the Bible is filled with many women of faith and their examples are, are seen throughout the Bible. I, I want you to, to think of some. Uh, we, we, can, we can think of in the Old Testament, Esther. Esther is a woman who risked her life to save a nation from annihilation. And there's Ruth. Ruth is a woman of faith who exemplified loyalty and, and great faith in God. And then there was Hannah, who was willing to seek the Lord, was willing to seek the Lord even in the midst of her deepest grief and sorrow and pleading. Lydia was a woman of God who helped in supporting Paul in the early church. And then other, others that you can think of. But one you probably have not thought of is a woman from the Bible by the name of Abigail. Anybody ever heard of Abigail in the Bible? That was one or two hands, not too many. Abigail is known for marrying the worst man in the world, the worst husband in the world. I mean, she could not have, have selected a, a more terrible husband. And it had to have been an arranged marriage. Because Abigail is a wise woman. And she would not have married. 
Let me tell you a little bit about NATO. Hard-headed, belligerent, arrogant. You couldn't talk to him. And his name, Nabal, actually means the fool. Now, women, how many of you would marry a Nabal? I'd like to introduce you to my husband, the fool. No, I didn't see any hands go up. So it had to be an arranged marriage. Anyway, she found herself in a relationship, marriage with Nabal. Now, Nabal was a wealthy man. He had had a lot of uh, uh, sheep and goats. And this was at a time when King, uh, before David was king, he was basically being sought after by Saul, who King Saul, who wanted to kill him out of jealousy. But David's popularity and David's uh, uh, force was actually growing. His people were coming to him. He now had 600 soldiers who were uh, in camp with him, even though they were in the wilderness. And they were around where Nabal and his uh, livestock and people were, were, were at. And when there is a festive time like the, the, the shearing of sheep and, and everybody's happy and, and celebrated, it's kind of a traditional that you give to those in need. Well, David sent about 10 men to Nabal and said, you know, hey, could, we know that it's a good time for you. Would you be willing to, to uh, um, give us some food to help, help uh, feed all the, all the soldiers? And, um, now, what, what had been happening is because of David's men surrounding that area or around that area, nobody would touch Nabal. He was actually being protected by David's men. So his property, um, there was nothing stolen. Uh, it was, it was uh, just it was a, a protection. It was like a wall around Nabal and his, and his uh, workers. Well, Nabal being the fool that he is, and this is in, in 1 Samuel 25 if you wanted to see it, he in essence insults David he insults the people that he sent, and he sends them back empty-handed. They go back to David, and David decides to get Western. Do you know what that means? Like John Wayne, who's upset. They go back and they report to what Nabal had said, and he basically says, who's that rat? Saddle up, boys. We have a job to do. Actually, he didn't say that, but he did say. (laughs) He did say, strap on your swords, let's go. He takes 400 men. He starts, his plan is to annihilate Nabal and and, and his whole whole family, workers, everybody. He even even makes a statement. He says, if I... Do not kill all those people that Nabal is is, uh, a part of and Nabal. Then may the Lord uh, deal severely with me tomorrow. Let's kill them all. And so he's, he's rushing in with 400 men. Now, one of the servants gets word of this. 
And instead of going to Nabal, he goes to Abigail. And this is where Abigail comes in. Abigail is, is, told, is told this. One of the, this is in verse 14 of, of chapter 25 of 1 Samuel. One of the servants told Abigail, Nabal's wife, David sent messengers from the wilderness to give our master his greetings, but he in, hurled insults at them. Yet these men were very good to us. They did not mistreat us. And, and, and the, the whole time we were out in the fields near them, nothing was missing. Day and night, they were a wall around us the whole time. And we were, uh, while we were herding the sheep near, near them. Now, think it over. See, he's, he's saying to Abigail, think it over and see what you can do. Abigail, see what you can do. Because disaster is hanging over our master and his whole household. He is such a wicked man that no one can talk to him. You know what that means, don't you? You can't, you can't talk any sense into him. It's not going to happen. Abigail, can you help us out here? We're all going to die because of that fool Nabal. Now, she goes into action immediately. She tells uh, the, the servants to take a bunch of, uh, of uh, uh, food and go before her to uh, feed, you know, feed that 400, 600 uh, army. And uh, she says, I'll, I'll follow you. So you can imagine, first the food hits. And then that, that probably stopped the... the the army right there, they, they see this. But then she comes, Abigail, 400 people, 400 soldiers, Abigail, 400. She asks to talk to David, and she basically uh, tells David, you know, you know I, I'm sorry, <laughs> my husband's a fool, and we know what you did. We, we know that you uh, have protected us. She, she goes through the whole thing, and then she says, now, David, I want you to think this through. Don't do this thing that you will regret the rest of your life. Don't kill all these people. It's just Nabal. Disregard him. Verse 32. David said to Abigail, Praise be to the Lord the God of Israel, who has sent you today to meet me. May you be blessed for your good judgment and for keeping me from bloodshed this day and from avenging myself with my own hands. Now this, this goes on, and something incredible happens to Abigail. This woman of faith. Now I'm not going to tell you what it is because I want you to read the rest of the story. But I just want to show you that this woman was a woman of faith who acted in a way and that uh, I think is something that all of us could, could benefit from, especially you women of faith. And to, to, to demonstrate that, I just want to go back to Proverbs 31. And in, the, in verses 10 through 30 of Proverbs 31, there is this, this segment of Proverbs called uh, a noble wife, and I would obviously like to expand that to just say a woman of faith. Now, we read the last verse. It says, charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. 
Now, what does this society and this world promote? Beauty. Charm is deceptive. Beauty is fleeting. You want to hear something counterintuitive? Look at Proverbs. It says, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Now, what does it mean to fear the Lord? We're talking about a positive fear here, uh, you know, a, a healthy fear, which would basically be respect and honor. You respect enough uh, to, to not want to make a mistake or to do something that the, the, the one that you're uh, respecting would, would be sad, saddened by. And then honor. You want to you wanna present yourself and your life in such a way that it, it's, it's an honor instead of a disappointment. Now, is anybody graduating here this spring? No one else? Okay, well, we have, we have several graduates and others. Uh, do you remember when you graduated? Some, some of you graduated from like grade school, high school, right? college. Um, you know, I, I went through a lot of graduations. I remember the last one was my, my doctoral work. And it was in a, a church in, in uh, Chicago, Moody Church. And there we were to go across the stage to get, um, get our diploma. And I remember it because I was old enough that I had to pay for it. And so I thought about every step, how many thousands of dollars that was going to cost. But I was in this long academic gown and was having to go up the stairs to get across the stage. What do you think was going through my mind? Was it the, you know, the, ma the, the magnitude of the moment or, or my parents? Or I wish I could say it. You're exactly right. Don't trip and fall and embarrass yourself in this dignified uh, thing that's happening here. I wanted to show the respect needed. I wanted to honor the moment, and I didn't want to make a fool out of myself. I think that's what it means to, 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 to fear the Lord, is to honor and respect God in such a high way that we don't want to do anything that would, would disrespect God in our actions. Okay, now I just want to throw some things at you before we quit. And think about Abigail, but I want you to think about the women of faith here at Christ Church in Chicago. Because women, I have been watching you. And I have seen attributes that I'm going to be mentioning in you as well. Verse 17 of Proverbs 31 says this about the woman of faith. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her task. That's obviously Abigail. She works hard. And, you know, we had an example of, of Jan Lindstrom and Diana Sutton that came up. They, they obviously are hard workers, aren't they? Uh, does anybody want to change uh, places with Diana uh, this week? You know, I mean, she's just got, she, she works hard uh, as a woman of faith. Number two, uh, she opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. If, if the servants of David had gone to 
to uh, Abigail instead of Nabal, there would not have been a problem because Abigail would have been quick to help those who are in need. And obviously here at the church, we have, we have uh, women of faith who stand up daily to help those who are in need. Verse 25, she is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. Obviously, Abigail makes a decision to, to uh, clothe herself with strength and, and dignity and not, not uh, do something like, like Nabal did. And because she was able to live a, a strong life and make right decisions for the future, she could breathe easily about what was going to happen instead of having to worry about David and his men coming in and annihilating everybody. And then verse 26, she speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. Obviously, that's Abigail, but it's also on the women of faith here at Christ Church who speak wisdom, who in essence have, have taken what they have learned in life and, have, uh, and are willing to share it with others. And then also, uh, verse 27, she watches over the affairs of her household and she does not eat the bread of uh, idleness. Obviously, this was an Abigail, but it's also women of faith in this church who are willing to, to give oversight and be involved and not just live for themselves, but to be willing to live for others as well. You see, this thing that the world celebrates called beauty and show, it's deceptive and it's fleeting. But women, if you are one who respects and honors God, then you are to be praised. Thank you, women of faith, for what you do what you're doing, and what you're doing in the future. You are making a difference. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for generational blessings that are among us, the women of faith. And I ask that you will continue to work in their hearts and lives, that they will be able to, to, to truly do that which you've called them to do. Help us to support them in their efforts, their ministries, and in their lives, that we too can join them in being generational blessings. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Let's all vow that as we leave here today, that in our attitudes and our actions, that people see Jesus in us. Let's all stand. There's revival and it's spreading. Hold up. <laughs> Let's try that again, shall we? All right. <clears throat> Want to count it off? Yes, sir. There's revival and it's spreading like a wildfire in my heart. Sunday morning, hallelujah, and it's lasting all week long. Can you hear it? Can you feel it? Like the rhythm of a gospel song. Once you choose it, you can lose.
choir singing in my soul. I got sweet salvation, and it's beautiful. I've got an old church choir singing in my soul. flowers beautiful sisters that are here of all ages I want you to come up and take at least one of those donations before you leave will you do that happy Mother's Day and, and uh, thank you for being a woman of faith now go and share your faith with someone who needs love forgiveness or hope point them toward God let him save them as he is saving you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and the people of God shouted Amen, Amen.